Welcome to Love and Money, the internet television show of Prosperity ULLC, where we discuss what's happening, what's happening to us, and what can we do about it. In this episode, we will discuss Janelle Monet's dream and step two, phase one of breaking up. Join our new Patreon to receive free merchandise, books, and consultation from Prosperity ULLC. And if you appreciate the show, go ahead and show it in Cash App at dollar sign Prosperity ULLC. But before we go in, let's take a moment to invest in the brand. Visit ProsperUnlimited.com and click travel to book your next vacation. Welcome to Janelle Monet's Dream World. There is an old story about Octavia Butler that I often return to, um, says this writer. A young man that once asked the visionary self-science fiction novelist the answer to ending all the suffering in the world. Quote, there isn't one, uh, Butler rep replied. So we're doomed. So, are, so we're doomed, question? Uh, he asked, confused. No, said Butler. Then she delivered the words that would remake uh, the, under the understanding of the future. Uh, remake her understanding of the future. There's no single answer that will solve all of our future problems. There's no magic bullet. Instead, there are thousands of answers, at least. Uh, you can be one of them if you choose to be. End quote. Uh, black future futurist artists are often regarded as prophets and expected unfairly to foretell the path that will lead us to a brighter tomorrow. Butler, who started writing during the black power movement and died at 58 years old in 2006, was looked at as an oracle of her time. Today, one of Butler's most vital successors is multifaceted artist Janelle Monet. But if Monet knows the future, she's not quite telling. Speaking with her, her feels less like speaking with her feels like less like questioning an oracle than it does scheming with a wiser, older friend. Uh, we are talking to Monet about her new book, The Memory Librarian, a collection of science fiction stories she co-wrote with five writers. During our conversation, which takes place over Zoom, Monet's voice is soft yet unhesitant. Casually commanding attention, blah, 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 blah. Okay, ooh, shucks, I lost my place. Where was I? 
quickly. All right. Um, Afrofuturism's central proposition. It is that black people can control their own futures and that moreover, they can escape the suffocating limits of time itself. Past becomes future becomes present. Memory becomes prophecy becomes reality. Freedom is not just a dream for the future, but a history we know we'll relive once more. But a future we know we freedom is not just a dream for the future, but a history we know we'll relive once more. In the memory library, librarian Monet's uh, titular character collects and keeps people's memories, wielding a terrifying power. So this is kind of like Black Mirror, like the Netflix show. Uh, wielding a terrifying power. She understands that, that the withholding of memory can be deployed as a weapon. Oh, that sounds interesting. While its resurg resurgence can act as a means of survival. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, capturing people's memories, like tapping into their consciousness. I, I'm, I'm getting too deep. <laughs> uh, despite its, currently, its current cultural ubiquity, Afrofuturism, has no singular definition. Excuse me. The genre has become associated with a diverse set of black creatives, including writer and activist Adrian Marie Brown, comedian and filmmaker Jordan Peele, and novelist Jasmine Ward, uh, all of whom make art with a political bent. In her 2013 book, Afrofuturism, The World of Black Sci-Fi and Fantasy Culture, uh, Itasha L. Womack, locates Afrofuturism at an art at an intersection of imagination, technology, uh, the future, and liberation. Womack's insistence um, that the obsessions of Afrofuturism are not only technology but also imagination and freedom speaks to the genre's political purpose, black liberation. Um I want to get to a point where we stop putting black on everything just because black people are doing it. Um, we need to stop, stop marginalizing ourselves uh, demographically and saying, oh, this is a black thing, you know, um, because when you do that, you, you when you do that, you marginalize yourself, you marginalize your output and you, you kind of limit yourself in a way to say, I can only do this much because what I'm doing or what I'm putting out is only for, is selectively and only for black people. You know what I mean? It's hard enough to whereas black business owners try to hide their face because they don't want to be seen as a black business so that they can open themselves up to more clientele because so a lot of times when things are, when something is a black thing, um, other other potential clients tend to stray away from it or avoid it you know what i'm saying in certain in certain arenas um it's not to say that there's a shamefulness it's not a shamefulness around it it's a it's kind of a psychological strategy so to speak you want to be you want mass appeal everyone wants mass appeal you don't necessarily want to be so obscure that what you're doing is almost Hey, if you see something, share something. Don't be afraid. Share this episode. Subscribe, like, and share. Thank you. Most futile, you know? And um, so I, I, dig, I dig what this movement, this Afro, Afrofuturism movement is all about. 
um, trying. I think it's. I think a lot of it is trying to warm black people up to science fiction. You know what I mean? Uh, um, I saw the show. Um, what was it? Oh shucks, the HBO show. Um, shucks, shucks, shucks. I gotta Google it. I gotta Google it. Uh, HBO. HBO. Afrofuturism. Let me see. I forget that I I gotta remember the name of this show. Um, what was it called? This, this HBO. Um, HBO sci-fi. Sci-fi show. Let's see. HBO black sci-fi. Let's see. Black sci-fi show. Let's see. Lovecraft Country, yes, yeah, yeah, like kudos to that show. They really took the cake with that with those performances and the stories, the way the stories were written and composed, and how they captured uh, that historical era in American history. Like that was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, and I would I would think that if I were if if I were to present this black people who may not have kind of had an open mind uh, uh, to science fiction you know um, that this would be kind of this would be kind of a vehicle because I think black people want their stories told they're more black people are more into realism because a lot of you know due to poverty and trauma a lot of black people's realities in in, in uh, around the world really um, are very grim and very, uh, um, they're not as colorful and imaginative as, um, most other, other people are open to, you know what I mean? Uh, um, like I said, because of, because of poverty and trauma, you know? Uh, um, so when we look at science fiction, when a lot of black people look at science fiction, we don't take it as seriously because, you know, we try to put food in our fridge. Uh, a lot of our psychological needs have not been, our basic psychological needs haven't been met yet. In order for us to be entertained, uh, momentarily entertained by something fictional that we, or that we know is, and we're conscious of it being fictional. You know what I'm saying? That's why black people don't really care too much for Star Wars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but Janelle Monet has always been um, an eclectic figure. Um, I'm impressed at how far she has gotten. Um, when I heard her first album, and uh, Puffy was behind it, he was he, he was backing it, and I remember he. This was like back in like I was in college at the time. This was like back in 2008 or nine, and Puffy got on YouTube and he was like, "Yo, check check for this album." But it's not what you expect. Um, I think it was... What was the name of the album? Oh, geez. See, and I got to Google everything. Janelle Monet First album. The Arc Android. Yeah, yeah. She was... Yeah, she's kind of always been spearheading uh, the... Um, spearheading the Afrofuturist movement. Um, her first album was Arc Android, and the production behind this album, you would have you thought she was like a 20, 30-year veteran artist. 
um, the the kind of backing she had on this on this album. Um, she had just came out of nowhere and then was just this poetic songbird. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, she would do poetry. Like she was kind of kind of like an inspiration behind of, of Lauren Hill, sort of. She she kind of took the torch from Lauren Hill and and you know carried it into that uh, musical uh, musical prowess. But um, but yeah, yeah. I I, li- I like I'm always intrigued by what she does because she like you know when when they when you hear people say black people aren't a monolith. I think she really embodies that because there's nothing monolithic about what she does. There's nothing. She's very eclectic. There's nothing. Uh, um, she's very kaleidoscopic, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I think, I think more black people need to need to be that way. We need to open I, culturally. We need to open up more to different things um, and stop listening to those baby boomers who carry down that generational slave trauma that say, "Oh, black people don't do this. Black people don't do that." You know what I mean? And I, I like what she's about. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. That's right. It's time for the internet to internet. Get your popcorn ready. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. If you'd like to watch the internet internet, click the link in the description. Visit prosperunlimited.com and click travel to book your next vacation. to our main course segment where we discuss life and love step two step two we made it to step two step two recovery uh phase one emotional disconnect so if you can remember step one um this is we're talking on we're 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 discussing the book leave the fairy tales up to disney the reality of dating and um It's a three-part compilation, the first portion being on dating, the second portion being on the process of breaking up, and then the uh, last portion being on what marriage truly is, despite what we've been taught. And um, this portion of, uh, so we're in the middle phase of the book, 
which is about the process of breaking up. And it's uh, the chapters are broken down into steps and the sub chapters are broken down into phases. Right. Um, and so now we have just completed step one, which was trauma where it was talking about the uh, um, the realization and the acknowledgement that, hey, I need to get out of this relationship, right? Um, and, and how hard it is to accept that trauma. Now we're on step two, which is the recovery, which is actually making the moves to get out of the relationship. And this is kind of the crux of, of the, this, this topic, uh, uh, the, the topic of breaking up of actually getting out of the relationship. This is the real work. This is the hard part um, because a lot goes into getting into a relationship. So a lot goes into getting out of it, you know? Um, so, so uh, let, let's uh, go over. So now there's kind of like a little uh, uh, forward, I guess you could call it in the, um, in the beginning of the, ch of the chapter for step two. And I'm going to go into that and then I'm going to go into the phase one uh, called emotional disconnect. There's three phases in step two. There's emotional disconnect. There is psychological disconnect, and that's going to be a heavy one. Um, and then there is logistical disconnect. Um, that's that's a simple one. You know what I mean? We, we can. Uh, um, but I'll get to that in the coming episodes. I'm going to go. I want to go, uh, um, I'm going to feed this to you in crumbs until you actually buy the book for yourself, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so I devise a theory from various sources, which states, and this is my theory that I, 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 I mean, I basically, that's what I, that's what I meant to say. It's I, I created the theory, but I, I picked it up from various. I picked up the idea from various sources. Uh, once you have broken up, the amount of time it takes for you to undergo the process of breaking up is half the amount of time of the relationship as a whole. Now, that's just a theory. OK, um, this is why I claimed cheating as a byproduct earlier. Um, a lot of times when people cheat, the relationship is already over. It's just haven't just haven't broken up yet. Right. Um, but but basically or not cheat, but like, like have a whole affair, you know, that's what I should say. So, so according to the theory, like if you was in a relationship for seven years, it should, you should take about, you should be single for about a good, uh, uh three and a half years. You know what I'm saying? Just, just theoretically, just, just reclaiming your identity, coming back to yourself and getting back on your feet. Right. You should take about a good three, at least three and a half years of doing that before you get into another serious committed relationship. Right. That's that's theoretically. And but then when you think about it, that sounds good. You spent seven years uh, day in and day out with someone and then you, you go cold turkey no longer with that person. Right. Uh, it takes some recovery. This, that's why I call it this, the, the step two recovery. It takes you got to you got to recuperate. You got to come back to yourself. Because you were you were intertwined with this person and sharing DNA and all of that and then and then letting that person seep into your psychology and getting used to their mannerisms and their particulars and their habits. You know what I mean? Like like and to just to to, to break that off, you know what I'm saying? You have to re you have to reclaim your own identity. You have to take time to find that to find yourself again. And, and, and get that person out of your system. And that's pretty, and it, it's like I said in the, in the, I think I said in the last episode, but in, in talking about, uh, 
step one uh, uh, speaking previously a breakup is like grieving a death while the person's still alive <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it, it takes some work and it takes time and so so yeah it, it would make sense that if you were with someone for seven years a three and a half year hiatus is pretty healthy you, if, when you think about it so I'm not mad at it I'm not mad it's my own theory but I'm not mad at it <laughs> Quote, uh, we all know, or at least we should know, that it takes time to get over someone. You took enough to, to, enough to ingrain your life into a relationship with that person. So what would make you think that with all that time, energy, and money, remember the three commodities of life, right? With all that time, energy, and money invested, that you would instantly get over them. Which is why I mentioned the importance of being honest with yourself previously. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and, and this, this is another aspect of being honest with yourself. Saying, yo, I'm not over this person yet. You know what I'm saying? This person um, still has triggers on me. You know, I'm still knows how to push my buttons and, and uh, make me act beside myself. Uh, um, or, or has a control trigger on me. You know what I'm saying? And I need to reclaim my strength my psychologically. Uh, um, I, I need to stop revolve. I, I need to learn how to stop revolving so much of my thoughts around this person and, and, and acknowledge that there is more to life, you know, and sometimes to really know you're over someone, it, it kind of takes you kind of interacting with them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? That, that kind of closure sometimes, 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 uh, um, and to like, you know, you're over something when you're numb to it. Not when you laugh at it or, or when you're, uh, when it, when it triggers you, but no, 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 no. You know, you're over it when you're just completely numb to it. It has no effect on you, whatever. And you can hang up that phone or you can walk away and get back into your car or whatever the case and not feel nothing and, and just be just complete. And some say, yeah, you got, yeah, it's, you're jaded, you're cold blooded. No, I'm just over it. <laughs> I'm just over it. I'm just I've, I've come to a, I've reached an astral plane where the, you know, it is, it is not, it is no longer on my frequency. It, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. It's no longer on my frequency. I, I've, I've elevated to a higher, uh, to a higher echelon, you know, like, I don't know. I'm trying to sound bougie, but you, you, you have to be, you have to develop a numbness to it. And sometimes you got to go through it in order to develop that numbness. You know what I mean? Um, it is what it's, 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 it's quirky, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, yeah. It took you, it took you enough time, energy and money to get into to get involved. Um, so it's going to take you some time to get out of it. Next quote, the solution is not only being honest with yourself as far as getting over the person is concerned, but you must also understand the steps necessary to get over the person and then this is why this is what i break down in this book so yeah you gotta you gotta respect the process respect the process that's, uh, that's what it is at the end of the day if you're not over that person you're not over them and be honest with yourself and respect the process you know what i'm saying say hey you know what uh, um i want to leave but i can't right now or you know what i'm saying i, I i'm i'm out of I, I done left i done broke up already 
but you know what I'm saying? Some I, I still miss them sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Like like you got to be honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Or or you know I, I still miss them, but I don't want to miss them. I want I want I want to get them out my system. So so yeah, I'm you know I'm a fighter. I'm or or I'm not gonna fight it. I'm going to I'm going to seek counseling about it. Or I'm gonna you know uh, um. And and it's not <laughs> getting new dick will not get you over the person. Getting new pussy will not get you over the person. Um, guys, guys are notorious for you know what I'm saying you know uh, splashing into some pussy as soon as they get in get into a breakup. You know what I'm saying. Uh, um, guys are notorious for that, but that's it, it's, it. Still doesn't help. It still doesn't help. You know what I'm saying. Um, women, women, women have like they they dip back into their DMs and find they find them a new boo in the DMs. Uh, um, as soon as they break up, you know what I'm saying, or the guy that they've been talking to in the DMs on the low the whole entire time they was in the relationship, keeping that dude in the friend zone, and now he's out of the friend zone once the breakup happens. No, nah, no, nah, you haven't healed, sweetie. You haven't healed. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, hating but not hating, right? <laughs> Um, I see it happen all the time. It's like, yo, you just broke up. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, you've been talking to him. Oh, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's keep into account those who have been abandoned in a relationship, whereas that partner has deserted the relationship abruptly. Yeah, and uh, and and we talking about childhood too. We talking about childhood too. Let, let's let's address it. Your childhood. You've been abandoned. It's going how, how how you do something is how you do everything. How you experience something is how you experience everything. The the mind doesn't know the difference. Okay, so let's talk about your childhood. All right, let's get into it. Um, abandonment can leave deep scars, but just like all scars, they do heal. That's the thing too. That's another thing too. Um, you you have to uh, you have to a lot of times you got people who get into a relationship after relationship and then they go crazy every time they go through a breakup right um then you have people who avoid relationships altogether they avoid any kind of intimacy altogether because they're so afraid of the pain of being intimate with somebody and then and getting your heart broken um I think low key in my, my in my in my first mind I heard it I heard myself uh, um, agree to that in my first mind I think I'm like that in a kind of way um, I'm I wouldn't say it's, but I don't feel it it's not a fear it's just it's just like oh boy here we go again you know what I'm saying it's kind of like I'm just I'm really just over it <laughs> I don't I don't have the patience <laughs> but um but yeah. But there are people who are who have a fear. There are people who are afraid, and they literally push you away in very like childish ways. You know what I'm saying? Once again, childhood. Um, you know, or or they kind of they're very flaky in those kind of ways. You know what I'm saying? When they know, like, yeah, I gave this person my word, or yeah, you know, I, I I'm showing this person interest, but now I'm a back back because. I feel like this is getting too it's getting too intense. It's it's too intense for me. And I don't know how to I don't know I I've, I've never been this intense with a person on this level and it not just be about sex. I f I fuck somebody up. I fuck somebody up, but it's okay. Um 
so yeah you know so so understand that you have to confront those uh those feelings and those lackings if you don't want to be alone you know what i'm saying um those kind of traumas uh, uh go against who you are as a human being humans are not meant to be alone we, we're pack creatures we need we need a partner in our lives we need you know what i'm saying someone we like to cuddle and, sh and shit like that that's, that's just how we're built how our brains are built and just because you know uh, um your abuse as a child or your neglect as a child uh, um you may have to it may not come naturally to you because of that abuse and that trauma or that neglect or because what you never saw because your mom uh, um was out here and all you ever saw was your mother being heartbroken and disrespected you know what i'm saying and so you said to yourself as a young girl i'm not gonna be that or you said to yourself as a young boy oh well i guess that's how men are supposed to treat women or i, I don't want i don't ever want to treat a woman that way but then you saw yourself carrying out them same behaviors that you fought hard to stay away from right i'm, I'm oh my goodness yeah, because because you're only repeating what you know and what you saw you can only get what you give or you can only give what you got um you know so so yeah yeah how you do something is how you do everything so you got to nip it in the bud you got to check it this is what counseling is for um abandonment is a form of rejection but rejection is a part of life you know what i mean rejection is a part of life it is what it is like you know what i'm saying uh, um everybody can't like you <laughs> everybody can't like you it's okay <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh you got people who willing to shoot <laughs> willing to kill because somebody reject them <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i get it i get it like like my thing is i can't handle i can handle rejection i just can't handle disrespect you know what i'm saying give me courtesy give me respect you know what i'm saying if i dig you if i'm into you and you reject me tell me why talk to me I, I'm, I'm reasonable you know what I'm saying? I'm reasonable. But um, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's not built that way. Everybody's not built that way. The the vulnerability is terrifying. Um, the, 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 the ego bruise is terrifying for some people. You know what I'm saying? When you've, when you've had your ego, your, uh, uh, when you've been so vulnerable for so long, a lot of, a lot of the childhood traumas that people go through is simply because they were a child in the situation and they had no control. And so when they get real, when people act out, hey, if you see something, share something. Don't be afraid. Share this episode. Subscribe, like, and share. Thank you. And lash out, you know what I'm saying, and want to shoot up the block. Um, this is their way of taking back the control that they never had and to see that's the thing about the past you can't change it you know what i'm saying so yeah you you could you could you could pull that thing out and shoot up the block <laughs> and i'm i'm you know to women listeners y'all probably like uh I, I don't even know how to use a gun <laughs> but you get what i'm saying but you i'm pretty sure if somebody put a gun in your hand the way you was feeling after you got rejected i'm pretty sure you would have shot up the block too <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you, you sh and you shoot up the block, and then you get that momentary gratification, and you feel good in that moment. You know what I'm saying? But those, those that memory didn't go away. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the past, what happened, still happened. 
the person who did it never apologized and they're not going to they're not going to apologize they're not going to apologize hello 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 they're not going to apologize there's no apology coming none none whatsoever no matter of fact they stand on what they did and they comfortable with it they go to sleep comfortably every night you know what i'm saying <laughs> sucking on their thumb you know what i'm saying watching you know counting sheep comfortably pleasurably if that's a word you know what i'm saying there's there's no there's no apology coming whatsoever none none whatsoever stop wishing stop wishing bad on them stop wishing bad on them stop it just stop it stop wishing stop hoping and praying that one day you're gonna hear some bad news happen to that person stop it stop it it's not gonna happen i've been there i've been there come on come on i've been there success is not the best revenge happiness is success is not the best revenge happiness is i'm talking too much i'm i don't, don't want to preach i don't want to preach right about now let's get back to it so okay let's let's get into phase one let's talk about phase one emotional disconnect emotional disconnect emotional disconnect generally comes after the realization of phase one uh but mainly after the readiness of phase three so um yeah it was phase three readiness phase step one phase three was readiness were you ready now you really truly ready to get out the relationship you got that good anger in you fueling you to say fuck it i, I don't care what risk i'm gonna take you know what i'm saying i'm gonna I'm I'm put my back against the wall i don't care but i got i whatever i can no longer live another day in this relationship more than i have to you know what i'm saying that's the readiness phase and that's you have that's where the emotional disconnect comes in so there's kind of an overlap if you think about it all right and i, I did actually in the book i did actually put together a whole schematic and uh, chronolo chronology on how the these steps work uh, um in an actual breakup so yeah i i really got scientific with it i kind of i kind of got the idea of talking to this girl i never forget her like she was a a, a middle school principal and um she was real sexy but um she was real like alpha you know what i'm saying and i at the time i thought that was very sexy because you know i was broke <laughs> um so so yeah yeah but uh it, you know she didn't th she didn't really care for it she didn't she didn't you know she was over me you know what i'm saying but uh like i don't think she, she won't even talk to me to this day yeah i, I kind of she had a i remember she had a bad day and um i was play yelling at her and she was like don't yell at me don't yell at me and i never spoke to her again so yeah if she, if she's <laughs> i'm pretty sure she's not listening to this but i apologize i'm sorry <laughs> that's just where i was this was like way back man I, that's where i was at the time but i was in the process of writing this book and i put it all together and it and it, it, it took off um and i think yeah at the time i was living it like i had just moved out of my aunt's basement i was i was really struggling i was really really struggling oh my goodness but um but i spawned so much creativity around that time it was beautiful um emotional yeah emotional disc yeah it, it comes from the realization realization of phase one where you realize you need to break up and then uh but mainly after the readiness of phase three or after you get ready to break up after you're really ready to break up um if you're stuck in step one phase two which is a mobilization where you want to leave but you can't 
right, and aren't ready to leave, then apparently you haven't disconnected emotionally. So I'm gonna say it again. If you're, if you're stuck in step one, phase two, immobilization, and aren't ready to leave, then apparently you haven't disconnected. If you're not ready to leave, you're still emotionally attached. You know what I mean? And, and you're not over the person. It's, it takes time, it takes time. Respect the process, like I, like I said previously. Disconnect is detected in several ways. For instance, dialogue between partners becomes basic and only out of necessity. Ew. Uh, instead of conversational and casual. Yeah, so like if, imagine you riding in the car, you riding with the car with the person you're trying to break up with, and then you have a, a cool thought come across your head, and you want to share, you want to share it with somebody, and this person's next to you, but you don't really, you're not really feeling them like like that right now. So you you kind of hold the thought in your head, like that sucks, that sucks, right? That's a that's a terrible prison to live in, right? Um, next quote: the biggest sign of disconnect is silence. Ooh. Silence is painful because so much is being said without anything said at all. Being silent is a form of withdrawal. Ooh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, being silent is a form of withdrawal. Um, the, silent, the, the silent treatment, like, I remember I dated a girl and I would only speak to her, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'd be like, yo, um... Are we going to get groceries at, at 8 o'clock or something? Or, or are we going to get groceries later on because we got to do this and we got to, um, this needs to get done and I got to uh, put that. And I'm sitting there talking to her and then she would just like tune me out. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to have a conversation with you. I'm asking you something pertinent and imperative to what needs to be happening right now. And you still, you still give me the silent treatment? The fuck? I, I should throw something at No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> But like her, like she was that bad. Like she was that bad. Like her, like her mind would really like, she would really shut down that bad. You know what I mean? Um, uh, obviously I broke up with her, but but yeah, like so much is being said without anything said at all. Like you, you got that much hatred for me that you won't even like. I'm asking you Im imperative, pertinent shit, and you still shutting down on me? Like. <laughs> Just, yo, just, just tell me where the uh, the laundry detergent is. Is over there? Yeah, it's right there. It's under the, it's, it's under the uh, step thing over there. Oh, yeah, pick that up right there. Uh huh. And then, then you can continue to ignore me. I'll, I'll be just fine. Trust me. <laughs> but like, damn, I'm asking you basic shit, and you still ignore me. Oh, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> emotional disconnect, right? <laughs> um. Silence can be unsettling because the other partner can easily notice the withdrawal. And some people weaponize the silent treatment. That's 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 another level of piece of shitness. <laughs> okay? When you weaponize the silent, when you just being silent just to be spiteful, like that's that's another level. Like, please, please don't do that. Um, oh man, I hate it when that happens. Um quickly, 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 come on. Where's my place? Um to healthily disconnect yourself from the relationship, it is important to recognize what it, what it is your partner does or says that triggers your hurt, disconnect, and withdrawal. So identify it. So like, why am I being silent right now? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, cause, cause really, you're not really... The, the silent treatment is kind of like a, a defense mechanism. But you're not, you ain't protecting shit when you're being silent. 
You know what I'm saying? You got to speak at some point. So, so it's like, why are you hope? Why are you put? Why are you trying to build this wall right now? What is, what it is? What is it that's making you build this wall? And that's where the control is. When you when you un, when you have an understanding of yourself and why you're acting the way you're acting or doing what you're doing, that's where you can gain control. Um, but not too many people think that deep. You see what I'm saying? Uh, emotional disconnect is a different ball game when out of the relationship, though. So, so you can be emotionally disconnected, and I'm pretty sure people can relate to this. You can be in a relationship and be emotionally disconnected. Where it's like, you're not even giving silent treatment. You ain't just got nothing to say. I'm just over this person. It's like, I'm ready to move on. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's a different kind of emotional disconnect when you no longer have to deal with them. You, you, know, you, you no longer get their text messages. You probably block their number or you no longer have to see them, right? That's a different kind of emotional disconnect. That's just, that's like, now you have no choice but to emotionally disconnect, right? It's a different ball game. Feelings of jealousy may arise at this point simply because you haven't been in contact with that person. And the one time you do contact that person, you come to find out someone else is in their picture when you were so accustomed uh, to being there. That's yeah, that's another heavy hitter. You could be over somebody. You could be over somebody to the point where you find it like the, where you find out they got with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Um, I heard a and I don't like reporting on these stories. That's probably why if you follow my show, you, you don't you may not know nothing about it. But um, there was a story of a, a woman who shot her baby daddy because he picked up his daughter with another woman in the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I shouldn't laugh. No, 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 no. I shouldn't laugh. Uh, but she shot him. She, she literally, she really like, like. Imagine the, the the rage and the jealousy she must have felt. Like, you know, coming to the door with her daughter, and say, "Oh, you with that bitch?" <laughs> and then going back. I mean, like, did she have a gun already on her, or did did she go back to the shoebox? You know what I'm saying? At the top of the closet. You know what I'm saying? And then to, to pull that thing out. Like, what, what, like, what was, what really transpired? Like, how is it that, you know what I'm saying? Where was the gun originally for you to say, oh, look at that bitch in the car. I don't like him with that bitch. I'ma shoot this shit up. Fuck that. Right? Like, 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 what if she accidentally shot her own daughter? Like, you mean to tell me, like, this is the depth the depths of rage and jealousy that a woman's brain can go to. Well, not, I ain't gonna say, I'm not even gonna make it about a woman because we all know um, men are notorious for crimes of passion too. Um, there was another story of um, a guy, I think, I guess uh, his his kid's mother was withholding, you know, uh, um, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's a formal name for it when, you know, when a parent keeps the kids from the other parent. Um, which which I've dealt with firsthand. Um, it's called paternal paternal constriction or paternal uh, I don't know the word paternal withholding or something like that. But basically, I, and I guess he wasn't all together in the head. I mean, he had like a regular job or whatever, but um, he couldn't take it no more, and he killed his his baby mother and the kid. You know, you know what I'm saying? And now he's under the jail. But 
so yeah, so yeah, it could go both ways. It can. It's not a gender thing, you know what I'm saying? But, but like, but particularly with speaking of jealousy, like that that kind of the, that kind of extreme circumstance, you know, um, you know, you have to. It, it, it's it's kind of like a, a a reality kicking in. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to know about another person, but to actually see them or to know that they exist in front of you, like, oh shit, you got a new bitch, or oh shit, you got a new a new a new guy, a new girl in your life. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, it's a new reality. It's a, it's a it's a the reality has is kind of look staring you in the face, and you can't look away. You know, and that's some people ain't built for that some people ain't built for that like that's what i'm like you have to be psychologically healthy for a relationship like you can't you can't if you got any kind of trauma like a uh, majority of these people out here in these streets dating especially black people a lot of them majority of them need to be single need to stay single and, and just you your date should be your therapy session that's your date <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you light a candle and pour a glass of wine and talk to your therapist. That's the that's the only date you need to be on. Like like a lot of black people, you know what I'm saying? You you mean to tell me we got a whole demographic of people? You know what I'm saying? Hundreds of millions of black people who deal with generational trauma from slavery. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, where we don't know, we don't, we're not comfortable discussing certain things. We're not comfortable expressing ourselves in certain things. And then we out here trying to date and fall in love. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You know, no, no, stay, stay your ass single. Anyway, I'm, I'm, that's enough of my soapbox. Um, last quote, last quote. It is very easy to mesh emotional disconnect with psychological disconnect which we will be which will be discussed next psychological yeah so psychological disconnect um it's kind of it's the ghost of christmas past <laughs> you know what i'm saying psychological disconnect is 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 it's kind of like the wool over your eyes or the smoke and mirrors of of the breakup because you can you can be emotionally disconnected from a person when in in and the shit that they do don't have no effect on you. When you see them, you don't feel no kind of way or nothing. But that psychological disconnect is is a different kind of monster. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get into that um, in the next talk. All right. So stay tuned. That concludes our show. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. And if you appreciate the show, go ahead and show it in Cash App at Dollar Sign Prosperity ULLC. Join our new Patreon to receive free merchandise, books, and consultation from Prosperity ULLC. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Prosperity ULLC and continue to invest in the brand.